you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Greetings and welcome to the Fantasy Live NFL Podcast. Jason Smith alongside Adam Rank, Marcus Grant, filling in for the birthday celebrating Michael Fabiano, who is turning 40 this weekend. And uh, Marcus, you think he looks rather old for 40. I, I think he, Michael Fabiano, I, I mean, I love the guy, but he's, he's 40 going on like 55. He, mm-hmm. He's like a Matlock watcher. He is a Matlock he watcher. Is some, I think he does, because he still watches Cheers DVDs and things like that. He's still stuck in the <laughs> 80s. DVDs? You sure he's watching on VHS or something? I think one of the biggest upsets is that Fabiano is just 40. I think that's going to be a big <laughs> revelation to people. But let's talk about Chris Givens. I was right. You were? I was right about Chris. This is fantasy overreaction time, right? <laughs> this is where I base my entire sure. fantasy existence on one on one quarter of preseason. Actually, there's the second quarter. Chris Givens, you should have seen the game. Sam Bradford threw a, a bomb to him. He caught it, and then he caught a touchdown later. It was fantastic. Now I'm like, see? This is it. This is that. This is fantasy is taken care of. I mean, well, by that, by that logic, Chris Johnson should be the second overall oh, pick in he, most leagues. He's got to be the first now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, don't forget, you know, don't forget. Look, hey, Bernard Pierce had a big game too. You got to take him over he's Ray the Rice. First round guy now. He has gotta to be. be. Yeah. Got to be. be. So make sure that when you're watching the preseason games, be it in week one, week two, whenever you're listening to this, use the hashtag fantasy overreactions. It's a fun game we're playing. All right, well, let's start with the Rams as we look back at some of the big stories from week one in, in the preseason. And, you know, you mentioned Chris Givens. Sam Bradford, pretty good game. And obviously limited, but he's someone who has come on late at seasons the last couple of years. Is this finally the year that Sam Bradford can start out? He's got some weapons that he can be fantasy relevant. It seems like he should have done it already because we've seen a large number of quarterbacks enter the league just recently and immediately have success. And I, w- I would say a guy like Russell Wilson – wasn't blessed with a lot of offensive options last year. Still was, still managed to do pretty well fantasy-wise. The thing is, with a guy like him, is that there's so much depth at the quarterback position. You're looking at, if you looked at the fantasy rankings right now on NFL.com, I think Matthew Stafford is at number 12. That's, that's a backup quarterback in a 10-team league. 
I think either Matt Ryan or Tony Romo. However, you guys have your rankings. I, I, I I'm not sure I agree with all of you guys, but of course you don't. You but, assumed I didn't watch the game. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I, I was I was on Twitter last night having, or excuse me, we're taping this on Friday, but I was on Twitter Thursday night having fun. I didn't see you. Oh, I'm looking around. I saw Marcus. I saw even Fabiano. On his vacation in Las Vegas, doing whatever he's doing. He's bad at vacation, by but the he's way. probably sitting in his hotel room, just hanging out. Like, hey, I'm at the Cosmo, but I'm sitting here <laughs> tweeting about a game. Or he's watching Alfred Hitchcock presents, which he said he started watching. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> Alfred, people, the people who live below him must think, did a 90 year old guy move in up above me? It's got to be. It's got to be. But I, I just think there's too much depth at the position to ever consider Bradford as a number one quarterback, but. Yeah, when you're rolling the dice on guys who you want to be your backup or bye week replacement, why not? I, I, he's he's in a he's in a, li- a growing list of uh, mid card guys who are there. I mean, I say this is the year for Sam Bradford either to put up or shut up as a fantasy option. I mean, you know, he's he's finally in a system where they're getting a little bit of consistency uh, from a coaching standpoint. They finally put some weapons around him. Everybody is raving about Tavon Austin, and, and obviously, as we mentioned, I mean, Chris Givens is the guy that you got to target in every draft now, right? Has to um, be. But I, I, if it doesn't happen for Sam Bradford this year, I don't know that it's ever going to happen. And I think. Fairly or unfairly, he has the burden of expectation placed on him because he's the guy the Rams decided to stick with instead of going after. Well, he's Robert the number Griffin one the overall pick in the draft. He has to have that some kind of expectation, right? On him. So, I mean, this is it. I think if it doesn't happen now for Sam Bradford, it's probably never going to happen. I don't think he's going to be great. I think the best case scenario, maybe he he cracks the top ten, but I, I'm not even sure that happens this year. All right, plus the division is also tough. You got to go up against the Birds. You got to go against the Seahawks, the Forty ers there's six games against some of the tougher defenses in the NFL, so he's not going to be a, he's not even going to be a great matchup based. You just said the birds. And they play the, the Seahawks as though <laughs> I guess yeah the, the Seahawks. The birds and Seahawks aren't you know That's a Seahawk true. is a bird, right. it is a bird, but it's a fictional bird. No, the Seahawk is something that they put on totem poles. I thought that was just a fancy it, name for seagull. I didn't think that. I don't think that <laughs> yeah. was an actual bird. Well, I thought it was like an urn. Kind of. An urn? Yeah, an urn. You know, an urn. You ever read that book in, in school, The Urn from the Coast, that comes and attacks the little kid and, and the kid has to get out of his way? Speaking of Alfred Hitchcock. You never read Urn from the Coast? No. no. We should get Michael Fabiano. He's the bird expert. <laughs> no, I, I talked to girls in high school. <laughs> did they talk back? They sure did. All right. All right Daryl Richardson, Isaiah Pede, uh, is, continue on the Rams here. This is one of the more fascinating backfield situations. Jeff Fisher said earlier in the week he expects Richardson to win the job. Kind of had equal work in their preseason opener. Marcus, how do you see this shaking out? I mean, I don't know why people have been surprised about this Richardson thing. I always thought that Richardson was going to be the starter anyway for this team. I mean, I knew there was going to be kind of some splitting of duties there, but I I had gone into the season thinking that Daryl Richardson was going to be the guy. So Jeff Fisher just kind of confirmed what I had been believing all along. Now, you know, I I think he's a guy that you take maybe as a number three running back just because Isaiah Pete is going to be there. And I know there's some talk that maybe Zach Stacey gets into the rotation a little bit as well. But I I, I like the potential for Daryl Richardson to be a productive guy. Guy, but that said, I, I still wouldn't make him more than a, a mid, you know, kind of level number three running back. I'm glad you mentioned Zach Stacy. One because I think I called him Zach Efron on NFL AM <laughs> nice. the other morning. I couldn't think of you. We're on the West Coast and we're filming that show, which means we get up around three to go on it. So sometimes you meant to say Zach Stacy, and you will accidentally say. Zach Efron watching but, High School Musical the night and before? even then or Gwen Stacy if you're Gwen watching Spider Man there you go yeah because I have Stars Kids now instead of CBS <laughs> Time Warner you and me if you, both brother sorry I don't mean to to interrupt the fantasy talk uh, draft Daryl Richardson is your number three running back Isaiah Pede I don't really think is going to be an option but let me say this if you would have told me a year ago 
that I was going to, and I'm a Time Warner subscriber. If you would have told me a year ago that I would be relying on the NFL Network to show me clips of a game played on CBS2 locally in Los Angeles <laughs> to catch up on my Chargers and Seahawks, that I would have said, that's that's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life, but that's exactly what happened on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. You look at the division of work of labor last year, and you had Richardson with nearly 100 carries. Pete barely dented the stat sheet. I can't think that suddenly, all right, now Pete's going to be in a timeshare. I, I think it's going to be Richardson's job. And you mentioned Chris Johnson. Uh, Marcus Grant, you're taking him number two overall after, gotta be. after his big touchdown you know, run? He's huge. So the that, that settles it. You know, forget the Arian Foster, Adrian Peterson okay, debate. It's all about Chris Johnson. Right okay, very good. It. Rank, you're taking CJ3K. Yeah? It's going to happen. <laughs> Why not? If, if you only count his 58-yard run, he's averaging 58 yards per rush. <laughs> you can't. It's impressive. Numbers never lie. No, you're that right about that. math is indisputable. Not, you can't go against the – how are you going to argue against the numbers? You can't. You you can't, can't I can't Jason. argue about that. No. <laughs> you can't. No, I, I, I can't at all. Nothing I said was incorrect. <laughs> no, if you go by t- – he's going to average – he's going to score at least 16 touchdowns this season as well, which but will put him in, 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 in rare air, rare company. He's going to average – He's if you only count his touchdown runs, he's averaging a touchdown every time he runs the ball. That's pretty good. That's so amazing. Is, <laughs> it, what, think about what if they give him the ball three or four times in a game and you're only counting those runs. Why ruin that? These are no. Air Bud-like numbers. Yeah, like he runs for four yards. They go, no, 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 time, stop, stop, stop. That play doesn't count. Let's run it again. Let's see what happens. First down, you can call the same play or call something different. Yeah, if you if you had a touchdown run the first time you touched the ball in a game or anything else, I think I would retire. Be like, I'm going out on top. This NFL game is easy. I'm out. I have never played golf since I had a walk-off eagle really? to end around. And I'm like, I don't know that I ever want to go back. Did you was- drop the club as you walked off? Oh, I, to- I tossed the club. I was like, you got to be. I did the whole, are you kidding me type of thing. <laughs> but it's true. I don't know. I'd want to do that. But, right, but, Chris, jo- but Chris Johnson. Yeah, I, was, I, was just looking at the, um, I was just looking at the rankings right now. And I don't know if we've updated yours. Marcus has him 21. You have him 19. Now, I, was already, I already had him at, at 13 because I felt like he was going to. He was worthy of a of a pick as an RB two. Yeah, I like him as an RB two. I don't think he's an RB one. But after you guys saw him, I mean, would you change your mind on him? Because you had guys like Stephen Ridley. Like I think Stephen Ridley's in more trouble than Chris Johnson. Yeah, I I, I know that Chris Johnson's going to get the bulk of the. It's going to be a while before they say, okay, let's turn the page to Sean Green if he doesn't run the football very well. Ridley, I, I worry about his fumbles a little bit, but he's going to get the first shot out of the gate. It's nice that Chris Johnson I, – look, I feel better about Chris Johnson, but he's still in that realm for me of being an RB2. Could I move him up a couple of spots? Yeah, but it's not going to go crazy. I'm not going to go crazy. Like maybe up, does he move up to 15? Maybe something like that. Maybe, but I, I thought – but the line's a little bit better. Kenny yeah. Britt's healthy. It just seems the offense they're, – they're really putting a lot of onus on Jake Locker, mm-hmm. trying to get him ready. He wasn't one of those guys – you know, you saw a lot of the high-profile quarterbacks come into one series and bounce – Jake Locker stayed in a while. I, I think the Titans not only could surprise some people in real football, but I like this Chris Johnson. My fear with Chris Johnson is that he's not going to get carries inside the 10-yard line, is that that's going to be Sean Green time. It's going to be kind of what you saw in Carolina a little bit with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart where they run the ball between the 20s, and then when it comes down to crunch time and those goal line carries, the Tolbert rapport, Mike Tolbert comes in. <laughs> And, and takes it the rest of the way. And Did so, you just make that up? Is that your thing? Yes. Uh, okay. yeah, as far as you know. Patent okay. pending. Um, yeah, <laughs> as, as, as far as you know. Uh, you know I, 
So I, I just worry that, that Chris Johnson's going to be the guy who, if he doesn't score from outside the 20-yard line, then maybe he doesn't score at all, and it's going to be Sean Green that gets the ball inside the 5 a lot. But he, he never really got the ball. inside. Once they got inside the 10, inside the 5, maybe he would get one carry, then he'd come out to figure out a better way to get in the end zone. Which is why I, they didn't get in the end zone. Yeah, you have to go into this season thinking that's who he is. No, I, I, think, I think he's pegged right at, at, at an RB2, a mid-level RB2. I think that's uh, a time to talk about our insight statistics we'll be using on NFL.com this year that you can look up things like that. You can. How many of Chris Johnson's touchdowns have come outside of the red zone? Marcus, I, I don't want to give you any additional work, but I'm tasking but, you. With you know, that. I, but I think I think this is perfect. I, I mean, I write a weekly column called "Going Deep," where we use the Insight database and and we try to figure things out. In fact, the, this week, the most recent one is about third year wide receivers and whether or not the legend of third year wide receivers breaking out is true. But the, I think this is something that could be a future "Going Deep" column. I saw an insight the other. This is this tells you how crazy this is. I saw an insight the other day when Brian Balaga got hurt, done for the season, torn mm-hmm. ACL for for the Packers. He was their left tackle in training. Of course, you think okay, well this is. Going to be tough for the Packers. What are they going to do? All the running backs. You can go in and say, okay, how did the running backs run when Balaga was in the game versus when he was out of the game for the Packers? Everybody's stats went up. <laughs> Every running back stats went up last year when Balaga was out and someone that. else was in. I saw that. The, the one I'd like to see, and maybe that's something we can also tackle a little bit later this season, is the number of sacks given up when Balaga was on the field versus when he wasn't. Because Aaron Rodgers, I mean, for as efficient as that passing game was, he got sacked a lot. And so I'm curious as to whether or not that number was greater or less uh, with Brian Bulaga on the field. It's surprising, too, because Aaron Rodgers is so mobile. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not RG3 by any Yeah, but imagine if he the... was Peyton Manning mobility-wise. Exactly. Those are the guys <laughs> that when you see Phillip Rivers, Peyton Manning, guys like that. Although Peyton Manning seems to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker than mm-hmm. Rivers does. But that's where I feel the injuries on the offensive line will hurt a guy more. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers... He Aaron Rodgers is mobile enough to overcome a rookie left tackle, and he can make some plays with his feet. He's not a scrambler first kind of guy, but he's more athletic than I, than people are giving him credit for. So I don't think that it's going to hurt him that much. I still have him as my number three quarterback because he hangs out with Ryan Braun. <laughs> so you know, I I don't want that kind of shadiness. I'm like, we're a team of character. On Lord have my my new team name, I think is going to be Lord have Percy. Okay. We're, we're, Very nice. We're a team of characters. Just because you are a character doesn't mean you have character. But we have to have. I instill character in my team, and you know what? The people who you hang out with says a lot about you. Which is why I don't hang out with Fabiano. Outside. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love that Adam Rank has his own personal conduct policy for his fantasy team. He you does. Should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's certain guys he will not draft just because of that. Oh, I do. Great. I do. You know what? That does. It does work into my decisions. Well, I mean, if it comes down to being a guy or another guy, you think, boy, like guy, I don't like this guy, so I'm just not going to take him. It's very true. You know, if you answer questions on Twitter and things like that, and people will talk about two players who are very similar in value, and sometimes I'll say you can't go wrong with either one, but sometimes you have to go with your heart or with your gut. And if I don't like a guy, if he plays for a team I don't want to root for, that certainly factors in, like, nah, I don't want to root. The, the, the lone exception. Sebastian Janikowski. Seabass. Seabass. You really can't go wrong with Seabass. Now, speaking of Seabass, I, I know you're probably listening to the podcast going, wait a minute, you guys, the last couple of weeks you broke down quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Where's our kicker and defense breakdown? And here's the thing. We have already recorded our kicker and defense podcast. Adam Rank recorded it, did all the research, everything by himself. Uh, we can play it for you right now in its entirety. Uh, this is Adam Rank's entire kicker defense podcast. Go ahead, Kave. Sebastian Janikowski. That's it. Defense. Pick up whoever's playing the Jets. Done. 
Now that's a lot of work you put in there. That you was very what? nice. Do you guys mind? I, I, I need a blow. I'm tapping. Are you sure? I'm sure you're worn out <laughs> after that. Can I, if you don't mind, you guys go talk about Russell Wilson or if you want to talk about <laughs> anything else, Jordy Nelson, anything. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a blow. Well, you deserve it. <laughs> You just, after, after that kind of, of, of intensity a lot of heavy and lifting. research you put into there, forget about insight. That's Adam Rank it's right there. That's a lot of heavy lifting. A lot of times you <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> well, a lot of times you hear the phrase thrown around, and they usually refer to me when they're saying this about the hardest working man in show business. And I normally want to defer all sorts of talk like that because there's a lot of people putting in a lot of, a lot of effort in, in a lot of different endeavors. But you know what? In this instance, I'm going to allow it. So if you want to call me the hardest working man in fantasy, he's the James I Brown See, wait, of NFL just, fantasy. Now, wait, just because you spend more time in traffic than anybody else doesn't mean you're hard work. It takes you three and a half hours to get to work every day. It can. If That's I, not part of your work day. If I, if I did, yeah. If I left at a certain <laughs> time, it would be. That's why everybody's like, oh, were you up early for NFL AM? Like, nope, just wanted to beat the traffic on the 405. <laughs> All right, let's continue on with our early breakdown. We watched the Bengals uh, play on Thursday night. Giovanni Bernard, Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis battling for the number one job. We saw Gio Bernard get a lot of work. Do you think that's a bit of a precursor to how we're going to see this season? I think so. Actually, I I take that back. I'm not going to say think so. I will declare. No, you think. Tell me you know it. You know things, Adam. I know this is what's going to happen. They're going to give it to him. I'm looking at your rankings again. I don't know. If you want to go back and you want to change them, you know, we're recording this. We're recording this before all the preseason games are done, and I understand that usually Tuesday is the day that we'll go back and update our rankings and everything, and I write a column on Tuesdays, uh, ranks, ranks. I don't know. I think we need a better name for that. but It fits, though. It does fit. So I I don't want to put you on the spot because we're going to get a full weekend of stuff and Mm -hmm. we'll be able to move things around. But initially you had Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis ahead of Chris Johnson, and I'm just using this as an example because we were just talking about him, but Chris Johnson was somebody who I felt – Chris Johnson is a guy who has shown he's a number one running back. He's got the CJ2K moniker for a reason. Not saying he's going to go out and do it again, but he's, he's, he can do it. And he's got the line, and I like the offensive weapons, and I really like the Titans this year. It just is a football team. The Bengals go the other way for me because they drafted a running back because they felt they needed one. They, they brought in Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis last year because they thought he could solve their problems. He wasn't quite what they were looking for, so they, they had to bring in somebody else. Plus, you have a team that has a lot of skilled players outside aj green muhammad sanu they brought in zach efer or wait tyler efer wait tyler eifert they Gosh, Z- zach it. efron those guys you gotta <laughs> do it zach, zach <laughs> efron the hard, no forget it zach efron hardest working man in show business now yes so i feel that the op- the opportunities for ben jarvis green ellis are going to go down and he just to me just not somebody i would count on this season yeah i wanted to see how they were going to give him the how they're going to work bernard in because he had a stretch there was like eight weeks in a row where ben jarvis green ellis was arguably one of the top two or three fantasy running backs in the game he was money with a touchdown 100 yards every single week how are they going to get giovanni bernard in getting him double digit touches in his first game to me that's a huge thing this is not well we're going to work in a little bit this is okay we're going to give you he didn't have a great game stat wise but to give him that sort of responsibility it's we got to get you up to speed faster than, than normally. Yeah, it, it is. But you know, what what I see from Giovanni Bernard, and, and I, I have to give some credit to Chris Wessling from the from around the league for this, the buzzword in the NFL this year is multiple. And it's guys who can play multiple positions, who can line up in multiple spots on the field. And I think it's something you started to see a little bit with Darren Sproles. It's something you see you saw out of C.J. Spiller, uh, Jacquez Rogers down in Atlanta. And I think it's kind of the wave of the future, especially for smaller running backs who may not be your traditional three-down guys. And Giovanni Bernard's one of them. He's a guy who 
who line up in the backfield. He's a guy who'll catch a lot of passes. They may line him up you know, as a slot receiver every now and then, but I think they're going to find different ways to get him the football. I still think Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is going to be the primary rusher for the team. I mean, he's going to lead the team in, in carries this year, but you're going to see Bernard cut into that. And you're going to see him get the ball in different in different ways. And I think maybe he's not a guy in seasonal leagues that's going to go off the board early. He's kind of a, a later round draft pick, um, maybe a flex guy, something like that. But I think if you're talking about keeper leagues and dynasty leagues, I think the way the Bengals will try to work him into that rotation gives him a lot more value in those situations. So, right, are, are you moving <clears throat> Bernard up or are you moving Ben Jarvis Green Ellis down? What's I, your bigger move this week? I already had Ben Jarvis Green Ellis down around 30. And Giovanni will probably move up a little bit. But what Marcus is saying is very apt and, and it trips up a lot of fantasy enthusiasts when they're going through their, their draft prep and everything. Let's say that Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is going to get more attempts from as a runner like he's going to get more carries that way but when you when when Giovanni is lined up in different parts of the field that okay Ben Jarvis Green Ellis is probably going to be good for about 58 rushing yards and that's it and while Giovanni might only get 30 rushing yards he's going to get like 30 passing yards or receiving yards I should say probably have some some tries in the end zone too so you got to realize that both those things the running back position gets a little bit skewed now because People just focus on the rushing yards, and you got to look at, at everything that these guys are doing. Guys like Shane Vereen, the the Patriots don't have a lot of options at receiver, so Shane Vereen's going to have to line up all over the field. They're going to find ways to get the ball into his hands, and he's going to have a good year because he's going to be able to combine the rushing and the receiving yards. If you look at like Danny Woodhead last year, he was a top 25 running back, but you wouldn't think of it because he didn't run the ball a ton and because uh, Stephen Ridley was running the ball all the time, but Woodhead was getting all those all-purpose yards that it averaged out to making him a pretty effective fantasy running back. You know, not as a number one running back, but still as a guy you could count on at the end of the year. So I think Giovanni Bernard's going to be a guy just like that. Yeah, and I like the fact that you keep calling him Giovanni because whenever you, someone just says the word Giovanni, I go back to the jerky boys and Giovanni Musaccia. And I, just, I know at some point I'm going to call him Giovanni Musacha on the show this year. It's going to happen. He's got a cool first name. Why shouldn't you call him by Exactly. I want to reward his parents for picking out an awesome first name. <laughs> if you get points, are you in a fantasy league where you can get points for an awesome first name? No. I, okay. I quit that one. There was a, a problem with the commissioner. He uh, Fabiano. We, we had no, no, no. This was this was a different guy. We had, a, you know, we had a little bit of a, a difference because I wanted to get double points for Ben Jarvis because I mm. felt that even though there wasn't a, a proper hyphen, I still figured like that should be a double because it's because the J is capitalized. I mean, I would mm. think that in that league, DeBrickashaw Ferguson would would be. Uh, a coveted, he was uh, yeah. He was a keeper. You could never get a hold of yeah. him. Like, number one keeper, <laughs> and it was you know, but that's fine. You know, that's why I like keeper leagues and everything. All right, let's uh, let's go to some running backs here. A couple other big battles going on. We thought Denver's number one job was going to be between Ronnie Hillman, Monty Ball. Hillman was running with the ones. No Sean Marino, as we saw in their opener, still in the mix. He had a pretty nice night. H- how do you guys handicap the Broncos running backs right now? I, I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, and then yesterday didn't or Thursday didn't change my opinion. 
the Broncos running back situation will be a lot like what we've seen out of New Orleans the past few years, where you've got a lot of guys in the mix, a lot of guys getting touches. I mean, you know, so they're you, all going to disappoint. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like you, you've got a lot of running backs. Essentially, you have no running backs. I mean, when you saw Sproles and Pierre Thomas and, and Mark Ingram and a little bit of Chris Ivory in the past, I mean, this this year for Denver, you're going to see Monte Ball and Ronnie Hillman and No. Sean Moreno you know, all getting carries, and it's just going to be running back roulette. You're never really going to know which one is going to be the man on any given week. It's just going to be a headache for fantasy owners. So are they undraftable for you? I wouldn't say they're undraftable, but I'm going to go a long time before I touch any of those guys. Yeah, and this this should not be a surprise to anybody because John Fox, of course, was the coach in Carolina where he was balancing Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. He's just bringing that philosophy to Denver, and even though that is ground zero of Shanahanigans, and what that is is the uh, the founder of the running back by committee, Mike Shanahan, the guy who frustrated fantasy enthusiasts for years with his juggling of running backs. It's now permeated the entire league. There's very few number one rock-solid running backs, but when the Broncos took Monty Ball and all of us who watched him play at Wisconsin were very hopeful that he was going to be the one of those rare instances where a guy just comes in, carries the rock the whole time. He's going to be the number one guy, undisputed. And he hasn't been able to unseat Ronnie Hillman as that top guy in Denver. And we can anticipate Monte Ball eventually getting the job. He hasn't done it. He's got to show that he's better on pass protection. He's got to show some burst because the Broncos want a big play running back. Ronnie Hillman is a big play running back. Monte Ball might not be that guy. So you really can't count on either one of those guys or any of the three, since you brought up no Sean Moreno, you can't count on any of those three to be an established number one or a number two. They're going to have to be a flex guy. And if you're looking at upside Monty Ball, because he has that ability, you just hope. But that's what you're basing it all on right now. It's yeah, hope. There's dra- no, yeah, there's no knowledge for that. There's no knowledge of it. There's no declarations or anything. The guy can't even make the uh, top spot in the roster. So, Wait, see what happens. This is why this is another indication why you should wait to draft, you know, because by the third week of the preseason, Monty Ball could have established himself as the number one guy, or Ronnie Hillman could run away with it, or no Sean Moreno could do it. Somebody could get hurt. This is why you wait. Let these things play out. It's one week, but Monty Ball not starting this week shouldn't be I don't think it's the end of the world. I I get that the Broncos, they want him to push for the job, want to establish himself, want to motivate him. They just don't want to anoint him. It's kind of opposite of what the Steelers are doing with Le'Veon Bell. So don't give up on him yet, but it's not – right now, if if the season started today, it's not a situation where you can count on any of the three. All right, let's go big game hunting for a couple of seconds here. And in any kind of league you go, you're in, whether it's a PPR league, standard league, Ray Rice is one of your top three or four running backs. But this season, you see Bernard Pierce could be cutting into his workload. There's not a guy I'm more nervous about. If I'm sitting there drafting at 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, if I'm there, than Ray Rice. Because I think, is this the year that they cut into his production? Is this the year he slows down a little bit? He slowed down slightly, but not nearly enough to take him to move him down in your rankings in years past. But is this the year that happens? Yeah, well, it's an interesting situation. I have him as my number 10 running back right now for those reasons that you said. And you saw it at the end of last year. Bernard Pierce became a bigger part of the offense as the playoffs rolled on into the Super Bowl and everything like that. So there was already the threat of somebody eating into Ray Rice's production. Now, he is a good receiver out of the backfield. The Ravens have had some injuries at tight end. They lost Anquan Bolden. They traded away Anquan Bolden. So Ozzie Newsom gonna, is still the best tight end on the Ravens. He might, <laughs> he might be. So 
Ray Rice is going to get his attempts. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get the, he's going to get the ball. I think was what I'm trying to say. And I was putting together. I play in one keeper league, and my running backs are Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, and Freddie Morris. And that was more humble brag than any sort of information. That wasn't very <laughs> humble because I knew it was coming. Non humble brag, but if you're in a keeper league, I would certainly keep him. But I would start looking at guys like Trent Richardson ahead of him, uh, Marshawn Lynch certainly, C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller, the, the Bills have come out and said that they want him to get 2,000 yards. They've set that as a goal for him. And if you remember Doug Marona at Syracuse, which yep. you certainly do, talk about up-tempo offenses. They ran close to 80 plays a game. 41 of those were rushing attempts. They want to get C.J. Spiller the ball a lot. So there's guys who I would take ahead of Ray Rice, but he's still a first-round running back to me. If you have the 10th pick in the draft, Ray Rice is going to be your number one running back. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll find guys around six or seven, though, like CJ. I'll take CJ Spiller ahead of him. There's other guys I'll say, you know what, I'm just more confident in. But yeah, if you get down to the end of the first round and Ray Rice is there, but earlier on, I'm, it's almost like I can't draft him until a certain point in the first round. There is no doubt that the Bernard Pierce fear is real in these fantasy streets, but you know, if there's any kind of small saving grace to Ray Rice's fantasy value, um, I mean, in a backhanded way, all the injuries and the losses that the Ravens have suffered on offense might help bolster his fantasy value just a little bit. I mean, you've got, as your receivers right now, Torrey Smith and Jacoby Jones, who are two guys who are potentially big play guys, but in terms of being primary receivers, they're still a little bit untested. You know, now you don't have Dennis Pitta. You don't know what's going to happen with that tight end position there. And the one thing that the coaching staff knows works for them is a heavy dose of Ray Rice. Now, certainly what Bernard Pierce did last year was a big boost to that offense. It certainly helped them throughout the playoffs. But I think that, you know, you go with what got you there. And, and Ray Rice has gotten them to where they are. And so I think, you know, he will certainly lose some touches to Bernard Pierce. But I think, you know, like, like Adam said, he's still a first-round running back. He's still an RB1 in pretty much every format. And so I think just because there are so many other holes right now in that offense, I think that helps give Ray Rice a little more value than he would have had otherwise. All right, let's get some of the big news of the week now that uh, really impacts your draft. Week one of the preseason, surely we start seeing some trends, but this is some big news where you got to start doing some reshuffling. Jordy Nelson out for at least a month. The Packers are hoping to get him back first couple weeks of the regular season. And now, Marcus, I know you're upset because you're going to have to say a good thing about James Jones. But, Rank, how does this affect your drafting of, of first of Jordy Nelson? Yeah, I'm going to bypass Jordy Nelson. I mean, of Completely. course. If he, well, it depends. I mean, it's all relative, you know. If, if it's a Fabiano, if he's there if, in the 14th hey, round, I'll take him. He's there in the 16th round, yeah. but I'm, I'm figuring it where most people are going to target him, where most people would be interested in taking him is not a spot that I would be interested in taking him. I'd rather go with a guy like Tex Cobb, of course. He's going to be a guy who could approach 100 receptions. The Packers have talked about that during the preseason and during training camp. There hasn't been a it's surprising to think there hasn't been a Packers receiver who has had 100 yards and I'm thinking at least a decade and it's it's been a, a long stretch for them which is crazy to think about when you think of the prolific quarterbacks that they've had over their uh over their history. But yeah, there's a lot of guys I would rather go with. You're talking about Dwayne Dwayne Bowe. Mike Wallace has had some problems, but I would still rather go with him. Antonio Brown, Pierre Garçon. Pierre Garçon, a, a guy that I know you like an awful lot. I, there's better risks to me. Jordy Nelson had one breakout season. It's not like he's an established veteran who's done it for years, had an injury problem last year, and like, okay, he's just getting kind of tripped up here or there. It's become a real concern because now he's had as many injury concerns seasons as he has had breakout seasons. So I'm going to 
there's no reason to really fire in on him. I mean, I understand he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. He's got a noticeable name now because people know the name Jordy Nelson because he plays on a high-profile team. But there's other values out there, so I would I would go in a different direction. Yeah, I'm always nervous of a guy who's coming into the season hurt anyway. You know, is, is this going to be suddenly he's going to be healthy and going to take off? So there's the questions right there. Randall Cobb's he's like you know yeah. he's like Miles Austin. Yes, he's, he's, gonna he's linked to Kim Kardashian too. Oh, would you? <laughs> stop? Oh, okay. So you're saying he's he's good when he's there. He's just not always there. Yes. Uh, All right. Well, Rand- Randall Cobb's value is going to be unchanged because people still think the world of him, and, and he's going to be your number one guy off the board. I know you've been high on Randall Cobb for a couple of years, Rank. But now James Jones, Marcus Grant, our official J- – you are the official James Jones expert. <laughs> Because you have said nothing good about him all season long. But here now, with Jordy Nelson out, uh, what do you think about uh, James Jones? Yes, his fantasy value does increase. <laughs> um, you know, it's, you know, I think James Jones, I honestly think James Jones was a, a decent number four type fantasy receiver. My, my whole caveat has been he's just not going to duplicate what he did last year. The 14 touchdowns was just way above anything he had ever produced. And so my, my caveat had been to just beware of that. But, yeah, he's a guy who, who's certainly going to get his catches. He's going to get his targets. Uh, yeah, the, the Packers every single year come into the season saying, we want to try to have more balance on offense. We try to run the football more. And yeah. then by week three, they're like, hey, Aaron, just throw it. You know, So I think that's kind of going to be the situation again. And as long as Jordy Nelson isn't there, then James Jones moves up one spot in the pecking order. And I think you're at a point now where, you do have to worry about Nelson and his constant injuries. He missed four games last season. We don't know how many games he might miss this season. James Jones, you know, for better or worse, is always on the field. That is certainly something that can't be overlooked. And so, you know, Randall Cobb is going to be the number one guy in that passing game. James uh, James Jones, as long as Jordy Nelson isn't there, is going to be the number two. And that certainly gives him a better outlook and, and a better fantasy value. Let me tell you something. In every season that James Jones has started at least 16 games, He's had 14 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag misleading stats. That should be that. That's it. The that's new one. Misleading hashtag. stats. Hit me with your hashtag misleading stats. I thought you were going to yeah. say in every season he scored at least 14 touchdowns. He's, he's scored had at least, four at least 14 touchdowns. If you look back from 2010, he's increased his touchdown totals from five to seven to 14, which means that. Following that trend, he'll have 23 touchdowns this year. All right. You know, I want to see... Hashtag misleading stats. Every day from you, I want to see the misleading stat of the day. I'll, I'll tweet it out right are now. You, are you, misleading are you stat misleading of the day? him? Are you challenging him? This will be out of context, but yes, if you're on Twitter on Friday morning and you saw this, you're like, oh, that's what Rank was talking about. <laughs> it's kind of like, like, like uh, one of those TV shows where they tell it out of order, like Breaking Bad. Oh, now I get what that was all about. i got to oh, go yeah. back to Friday and see it. Okay. I hate that, by the way, but that's notwithstanding. Well, blame but... Tarantino, because after Pulp Fiction came out, everybody decided, oh, let's do the whole out of order thing. It'll be great. Oh, it'll be awesome. It's two days in the valley. Like, no, not, oh, not quite not the same. So How bad was two days not in the so valley? Much. Hey, but it gave us Charlize Theron. Yes. Yeah, but if it's a movie with Charlize Theron and it's still bad, how bad is the movie? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. All right, let's get to Denario Alexander. He is done for the season. A shame because he really came on last year, finally healthy. The guys had bad knees throughout his career. He was a, a fan, maybe the fantasy pickup of the year last season at wide receiver. But now, right, there's a thousand wide receivers, you know, fighting for that, you know, for the for fantasy relevance in San Diego. How mm-hmm. do you break it down? I'm going for upside here. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Well, I'm glad I didn't disappoint you. There you go. (laughs) Like how Chris Givens did not disappoint me on Thursday night. Yes. And my point is, 
Keenan Allen would have been a first-round receiver if he didn't have some, I'm going to say, questionable taste in headgear because mm. he wore a Raiders hat and he got a bunch of grief for it. No. <laughs> He's got a lot of talent. and Hats, some, so, ha, The wrong hat. Well, you'll put a player down on your rankings because of the wrong hat. Of course. Okay. Except for Colin Kaepernick. Oh, so that rule, I, it doesn't, I already blew my own rule. It's kind of spotty with the rule there. What's up with these young kids? You think it's cool? At least pretend you, you wanna, you're you on a team you want to play for. You don't have to wear the Raiders hat. You could, you could have gone Oakland A's hat right there. If you want to wear a Raiders hat, you know what, and you're not playing for the Raiders, go throw on a Los Angeles Kings hat. We have the same colors. It's cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll welcome you in. You're not too much of a bandwagoner because we won the Stanley Cup back in 2012. And once you're on the, the Raiders, you realize, oh, I didn't really want to be here at all. No. I, can't, I can't wear my Raiders gear anymore. No, unless it's a Seabass jersey, because then it looks handsome. True. And remember, don't forget, Adam ranks kickers and defenses. Wait, let's play it again right here. Adam, in case you missed it earlier, or something happened, you're listening to Working Out on the Treadmill. How is this hat? This isn't the radio. Here is the kickers <laughs> and defenses. Just because it's so funny. Here's the kickers and defenses podcast again in its entirety. Sebastian Janikowski. That's it. Defense, pick up whoever's playing the Jets. Done. Well, you never know, right? Someone could be. Oh, someone tried to call on the phone. I had to put it down for a second. I I missed it. I missed the podcast. For those of you I just joining us, <laughs> for those of you just joining us, we are talking about Keenan Allen right now. And no, um, upside is a big thing for me. And you may and you raised an interesting point when you were talking about Ken Wisenhunt uh, trying to play, trying to coach for his next job. That the best way to coach for his next job is to have Philip Rivers have a renaissance. At quarterback or a resurgence, I don't know if I'm using the right phrases. Renaissance there. is fine. He could wear. We'll go to the fair, and you know, he could learn how to juggle. That would be fun. I think that would help. I like that, and I like that DJ Fluker. Him and I hung out at the NFL draft. He's a he's a fine young man, and I'm rooting for him. Which none of that has any fantasy relevance, but I thought I'd throw that in as a quick aside because I'm stalling to really formulate my thoughts on Keenan <laughs> Allen. I wish I wish I had a better reason other than upside because. You're not going to be drafting Keenan Allen to start on your fantasy team. And I always feel that once you fill out your, your bracket of starters and you've got all your positions filled, that that's when you start to just step back, heave the ball up, and then hope your receiver comes down with it. It's like the, the quarterback equivalency of, of being uh, Red Dalton, where you're just like, you know what, A.J. Green's out there. I'm just going to throw it up. I hope he comes down with it. Who knows? And you do that with a lot of guys. I would rather take a chance on Keenan Allen – as opposed to trying to figure out which game Santana Moss is going to have, you know, his breakout game, which he seems to have every year. You know, two games against the Cowboys, and then there's always, there's that, always one that one third. Game, there's always you know, that one third good one luck, where he comes up. Good luck up. picking yeah. that one. Um, you know, it, the Chargers to me have a really interesting stable of wide receivers. I mean, Denario Alexander was kind of chief among that group but uh, you know as you mentioned obviously he's not going to be there this year but you look at a guy like Malcolm Floyd who can be productive at times I mean Alexander was a guy that people were looking he's at he's frustrating though. he is frustrating I, Keenan Allen is a guy that I kind of liked as a deep sleeper this year another name that I don't think is getting enough run that, that we have kind of forgotten about is Vincent Brown not if you talk to Akbar uh, except for Akbar, Akbar, Akbar me bring in every conversation how you yes. doing Vincent Brown's my guy yeah. and he points <laughs> at you with that big long on Arsenio but, Hall finger and uh, is there suddenly oh my god is there a San Diego State guy alive that Akbar Bajabimula doesn't doesn't think this is going to be big 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 this year? Um, but I think I think Vincent Brown is another guy though who you know, was was hurt last year, who I think could jump in there and, and really be a productive player this year. So you know it, it's a it's kind of a risk reward when you talk about Chargers wide receivers. I mean, it's, there's a handful of guys there that could either be really big. Or be really disappointing this year, but I, I like I like Keenan Allen to step in. I like Vincent Brown to perhaps be a, a little bit of a sleeper this year. 
And I think having Mike McCoy there, a guy who, let's face it, Mike McCoy made Tim Tebow a viable quarterback in the National Football League for a handful of games when he was in Denver, that says something. I think if he can do that with Tim Tebow, he can certainly do something to help revive Phillip Rivers a little bit, get that passing game up and running a little bit more. And I think that helps the fantasy value of some of those wideouts there. Do you guys believe in the, in how much do you believe in the resurgence of Phillip Rivers? Uh, and, and any more yeah. than any more than your than your number two court than no, okay, no more than a number he's two. He's my number two guy. He's I can no take more him than, and maybe no more than a number. That's two. the best part about the quarterback position is that you don't have to believe in any of these guys really because odds are you're going to draft a pretty good number one quarterback. And even when you get past Matthew Stafford, who if you're just joining us right now, we talked about quarterbacks earlier that Matt Stafford is the number twelve rated ranked quarterback on NFL.com. So. Assuming that that's the the end of the QB ones in a twelve team league, even you still have QB Eagles. Who's going to be there? People like <laughs> yeah, people Just like more and more like Michael Vick. Could nowadays. be Joey Harrington. You never know. Would you stop? <laughs> There's more people from Oregon. He hasn't brought Dan Fouts. Could be the quarterback this year. That's the Oregon offense. That was the most disconcerting thing about watching the Chargers preseason game is that Dan Fouts does the play by play with Billy Ray Smith mm-hmm. as the guy, and you're like Billy Ray Smith. I don't remember who they passed. I don't remember if they passed over Marcus Allen for Billy Ray. What? Where did Marcus Allen go in the draft? Because Billy Ray Smith was drafted like fifth overall or something ridiculous. And while he wasn't a bust, it you weren't the fifth over. You, you weren't the fifth best player in that draft. Right? Marcus Allen was tenth overall, by the way. So they did they take Billy Ray Smith ahead of him? Uh, no, he did not go ahead of uh, of Marcus Allen. The ten, the the nine players ahead of Marcus Allen, just for your. Please do, yes. Uh, Kenneth Sims. Eh. Johnny Cooks. New. Chip Banks. New. Art Schleister. Oh. Jim McMahon. They gambled on that one. <laughs> I knew that was going So, on. wait, wait, wait. So, Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon went fifth. Went fifth in that draft, which means that Marcus Allen could have been, been the guy who took the torch from Walter Payton. Yes. So, that 80, mm-hmm. so and that's early 80s teams. That was, uh, yeah, 1982 was this draft. But would they have won the Super Bowl without Jim McMahon? Easy to say, okay, there's other quarterbacks who are more talented, but that guy was, I mean, he was everything. He was the he was the linchpin of that team, and everything he did made news. He kept took pressure off the rest of the team with his headbands and everything. He still threw the ball pretty well. I don't know if they would have won without him. Look, it would be nice to have him in there, but. If you, if you looked at all the other years that the Bears didn't make the playoffs, or excuse me, didn't make the Super Bowl, it was because Jim McMahon wasn't playing. <laughs> Charles, well, yeah. Charles Martin driving him into the turf, yep. and they had to go with like Steve Fuller, and I think Jim Harbaugh started getting into the mix, too. And I mean, of course, of course, the one year he does play and does go all the way is 85 when they play the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC Championship game. So I think a Steve Fuller versus Dieter Brock matchup would have been more even Oof, yeah. than Dieter Brock versus Jim McMahon. By the way, they could still be playing that game because it would be scoreless. By the way, the other four guys that went ahead of Marcus Allen, Jeff Bryant, Darren Nelson, Mike Munchak, and Gerald Riggs. Darren Nelson, if you played Tecmo Bowl, he was the guy you had to be. You had to give him the football in the Vikings offense. He was the only playmaker they really had. But you're talking about, too, the team that actually drafted a running back. So it's it's fun in hindsight because the Bears didn't need a running back. They they needed a quarterback, so Jim McMahon makes a lot of sense, even now, looking back for the reasons. Michael Jordan playing at quarterback. Oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's the wrong answer. <laughs> Why not? But you'd look at a team that actually drafted a running back where they said our need is at running back and we think Darren Nelson, where was he from? Minnesota? Uh, Darren Nelson went to Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. But he, yes, went he, went, Minnesota, he went to yeah, Minnesota, Minnesota from Minnesota. Stanford. Oh jeez. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm I'm smart. Uh, <laughs> how did I, yes, of course. Anyways, but they said that we want the guy. 
Did you not watch Stanford and USC that season? I don't know. <laughs> All right, one Marcus more. won the Heisman, right? Was yes, I he mistaken? Did. He okay. was a Heisman winner. You love hearing the phrase "Marcus won the Heisman." I, I do. I'm, I'm gonna like you know, post that in my my cubicle. <laughs> Marcus won the Heisman. All right. Well, a couple other injuries. We got Plaxico Burris, who was done for the season with, with a with a torn rotator Maybe for cuff. His career at this could point. be done for his career, but he was going to only be the the Steelers' fourth or fifth wide receiver. So l- largely, that situation kind of goes unchanged. But big opportunity in New Orleans. Joe Morgan, who who could have been a nice deep sleeper this season, also out for the season after a hit in practice mm-hmm. uh, a week ago. He was officially ruled out for the year this week by Sean Payton. So now Steve Preston got signed. Nick Toon is there. Any value in one of these? guys as a deep sleeper no no very simply no there's other options i would rather you start getting into the rookies and uh, younger guys ryan broyles is a guy who always intrigues me because like somebody broyles. opposite of calvin johnson is going to get going to get some uh, looks out there so i would i would take a risk on a guy like that these these retreads and, and people of that nature not a lot of value not, not for me, at least. I mean, yeah. it's just it's hard for me to get behind a Saints receiver not named Marcus Colston. Um, you just oh, can't get behind never, Lance Moore. You just never know on a week to week basis which of these guys is going to be the breakout guy. I mean, you know, one week it, it could have been it, it's Lance Moore. You know, one week it's Colston. One week you just never really know which way it's going to go. I just I, I can't really do it. If you're not named Marcus Colston or Jimmy Graham, then then I just don't really buy you being a, a legit fantasy starter for me so again you're pro guys named marcus and anti everybody else of course i am if you want to go super deep sleeper you can go kembrell kembrell Tompkins. Tompkins? Mm -hmm. yeah he's getting a lot of buzz of course again we are we are taping this friday morning so if something happened (laughs) he broke his we cannot be held responsible we cannot be held responsible (laughs) however if Tompkins, Tompkins goes out and has a huge game, you'd be like, those guys were spot on. Yeah, and we'll just have it edited <laughs> out. amazing. Yeah, we'll just have it edited out. That's fine. As a matter of fact, Kaveh, hold this. And I, if, if this doesn't work out, I don't know if we introduced our producer sitting in today. Kaveh, say hello. Hello, guys. Still okay, that's enough. <laughs> that that, was, that wasn't didn't. even as long as Adam Rank's Kickers and Defenses podcast. <laughs> Couldn't even get three words in. No. Yeah. Listen here, Chatty Cathy. We, <laughs> we don't want you taking over the – Say hello means say hello. It doesn't mean, hey, I want to tell my life story. We get it. We know too much about you already now. But you can clip and save this if it if it works out. Are the Patriots playing Friday night? They're playing Friday yeah. night. Okay, so if this doesn't work out, have somebody cut this out tomorrow. But Kembrell <laughs> Tompkins will have the best game on Friday night. That is who everybody is going to be talking about on Saturday morning. The fantasy overreactions, hashtag fantasy overreactions, will be going off the charts because this guy is going to have such an amazing game. And uh, if he doesn't, you'll never know if you listen on Saturday because this will be cut out. Kaveh will know because you now asked him to come in on the weekends and work when he had a nice vacation plan with his girlfriend. Saturday and Sunday he, off? Yeah, that's nice. come back in. No, yeah, just, just to do that. Which means he'll actually put it at the front of the podcast. That's what will happen. <laughs> this is how it opens. <laughs> it'll, it's be just, like, it'll be that on a loop for like be 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and in case you're just joining us, Jason Brell, Smith, Tompkins. Adam Rank, Marcus Grant. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at How About a Fresca, at Adam Rank. Marcus, you are at Marcus G. That's correct. You are, and you got a couple of shows coming up, right? I do. I'll be. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this in the Southern California area, I will be at the Irvine Improv on Saturday night at 1030 p.m. And on Tuesday at the Tap House in Huntington Beach, 9 p.m. I can get you into free for for either show. Cost you nothing. Maybe a couple of drinks just, you know, to support the business and live comedy. You can come to either one of those shows. Just hit me up on Twitter at Adam Rank. I'll get you in or on Facebook at Adam at Facebook dot com slash Adam Rank comedy. All right. Enjoy all the action. We'll talk to you oh, next that's week it? with more. 
What do you mean? Did you have more? Did you want to do? Do you want to do kickers more, and defenses podcast? I again? was actually going to mention the fact that the, uh, the the daily online shows for NFL Fantasy Live begin on Monday, August twelfth. Yeah, we start them on Monday every day, and then every day online, and then we start beginning in September on NFL Network. That's correct. Six days a week, two times a day. The show is just getting bigger and bigger. September second is, I think, is when it starts on NFL Network, which mm-hmm. is still Labor Day. Right, right. So we'll all be working Labor Day. For those of you who are sick of us, you'll get plenty more of us. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we'll have that next week. And also, I believe we're, we're going to have the daily podcast during the year for fantasy. Or what we're gonna, the what? Yeah, I think we're going to turn our, our daily show on the network into a daily fantasy podcast. So no, Don't tell them one that. Time, no, two it's completely different. Is it really? Make sure you watch the show and listen to the podcast. 9 o'clock show different from the 7 o'clock show. See, that's it. It we'll is. mix it up a little bit. Wait till you see what Adam Rank's wardrobe <laughs> is. He changes a couple of times a day. And he actually tries out jokes for, that, for the improv in the early show, and if they work, you bring them back in the late show. Well, that's and if they great, don't, you just... You usually try them out of the... Well, you never want to try them out of the late show because the audiences are a little bit looser. Okay. At the uh, In the late shows, they've been drinking a little bit more, so you could actually think like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Like, this this really worked, and then go to some other... You know, you go to the dinner show, and everybody's like, what is this moron talking about? <laughs> Which I get more often than not, so... All right, very good. Enjoy the action. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week. And don't forget, NFL Fantasy Live on NFL.com starting Monday, August 12th, every day through the rest of the season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.